Hey, Sean. How are you doing today? Hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Doing very well. <laughs> Doing well, doing well. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there joining us a little bit later or if you're listening to the recording. See if we get Kay in here. Yeah, Mother's Day. Yeah, it's Mother's Day here in the States. And uh, I got up, cooked a big breakfast for my mom and my wife. So mom's visiting right now. So it's good morning. Had the boys helping out. Fantastic. Had some business. It's a busy day. Yeah. Good morning. That's right. Okay. Okay. Hey, what's going on, guys? Well, it sounds like I got all the jokes loaded. Oh, did you get did you get a new mic, Kay? Oh, I actually am able to use my other mic uh, the same way you were using it with the phone. <laughs> oh, nice! It's working out. It's working out. Yes. Uh, so far, so good. So I got all the charts loaded up, which is great. And uh, I say we get right into it. Um, just a quick reminder that we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. Uh, we're here to provide helpful, hopefully informative and uh, entertaining information. Uh, but it's all for educational entertaining, entertainment use only. So uh, thanks for joining Sean and Kay and myself. Uh, be sure to give Sean and Kay a follow if you haven't already. And uh, also check them out on YouTube. We've got great channels out there for uh, investing and trading. Um, all right, guys. So let's get right into it. Um, SPY, as we always start with. Well, actually, you know what? I'm jumping ahead. I'm all excited. I got too much uh, good food into me. Let's look at the uh, let's look at how the markets did uh, the indexes real quick. So uh, look at S&P. Um, basically down. It was flat. Basically down 0.29 this year. Uh, this week. Uh, so up 7.4 on the year. Percent percentage wise, the Dow was down one over a little bit over one percent for the week, which has got it just up uh, about half a percent, basically flat on the year. Uh, Nasdaq was up 0.4 percent, which keeps it above 17 percent for the year. Uh, Russell 2K was down one percent and uh, on the week, and then down one percent on the year, a little bit over that 1.16. And so I did a comparison this week. We'll take a look at. Uh, that where we've got a flight to, uh, you know, tech and are running away from this Russell 2K. Um, also, Bitcoin has been cooling off. We were up at like 75% uh, to the plus side as far as percent went. Now we're uh, up 62% uh, as of this morning, down about 2.5% over the last five days as of just before uh, this recording. And I took a look at the VIX. You know, that closed at just over $17, 1702 so something to note, we've been dropping down below that level and, uh, you know, really bouncing around off of the 1650-ish level recently. So interesting notes there. Not a lot going on with earnings, though, this week, right, Kay? Um, pretty yeah, light. No, yeah, absolutely. Nothing much going on major. I think the only two big names that uh, will be, you know, actually three big names, I would say Home Depot, Target, and Walmart, uh, all three in the consumer space. Uh, consumer discretionary. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. I think um, um, uh, the market will be watching these three, especially all three of them are dividend paying companies. Uh, just to add to what you mentioned, um, the fear greed pretty much same as last week, 58, 59. The VIX is neutral. Uh, the put to call is 0.88, which is bullish as well. And uh, the VIX continues to stay below the 50 day uh, moving average. Do you utilize the moving average for the VIX? 
Yeah, so it's on the fear and greed index. If you go to the CNN.com fear and greed, just scroll down, you'll see all the different uh, indicators. Uh, in that, the WIX is below the 50-day moving average. Gotcha. Okay, nice. Totally noted. I'm not, I usually use it the, when I look at the VIX, just a totally clean chart. But yeah, it makes sense to take a look at how it's been trending. Um, and then, yeah, the only, I mean, for me, as far as earnings is concerned, I mean, Target Wednesday is definitely interesting. And I think Home Depot Tuesday is interesting. John, you know, John Deere on Friday is interesting. Those are all things that can move the needle a bit. Walmart, yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. Those are some big names. Uh, apart from that, a lot of Chinese companies are reporting earnings and then smaller companies. Uh, that is generally not on retail investors' radar, at least uh, not very popular, I would say. Yeah, not on my radar too much for as far as trading and a lot of volume, right? Um, okay. All right. Well, uh, let's take a look at SPY and QQQ before we get into the multiple stocks. We're going to look at a lot of different uh, names this week, which is great. I think we got see 15 or so charts to go through which is fantastic lots to look at um sean i got your uh chart of spy up first so i'll go ahead and hand it over to you yeah of course and i think um we'll just start off by saying we've been a bit of a choppy period i think so i've got a little box here that says 45 days um which is obviously just about a month and a half or something like that and we've just been kind of trading sideways which is not a bad thing really um i think it gives time for the moving averages to come up um, I've got the yellow one, which is the 20, the, uh, the the blue one, which is the 50 moving average, and the red one, which is the 200. And the 50 is kind of coming up nicely with that. And, and we do have a little bit of the positive price action in the last three days, um, where the it's gone down, and basically the sellers have come in the kind of later uh, stages of the day, and they've kind of pushed the, the candle back up. So you can see that in the last few days. And um, yeah, hopefully I've got kind of 418 drawn there. That's the kind of next point of resistance. So that's that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm hoping to to get to in the near stages. If not, obviously we will trace back down to that kind of fifty moving average level. But yeah, that, that's what I see on this one. Yeah, the the four fourteen level that I mark out using the the fib. I I, I was going to ask you this last week, Sean. Um, I'm marking out more close to I think what I use more more or less um, as a stronger point for me is the closing day price. But you're using intraday. It looks like like you're You'll use the full candle, including the wick, um, for marking those levels out. Is that is that true? Have that right? Yeah, yeah. So because uh, the the price has got up there and it's it's bounced off that right that that point, and to me that is the actual resistance. Um, just the way I perceive it. Obviously, everyone perceives uh, charts differently, but for me, the chart the, the price got up there and it rejected. So for me, that's where the line should go there thereabouts. I like it. Yeah, thanks for the insight on on your thoughts there. And um, yeah, I, I feel like this for me, it's a little bit lower at 414 level, but really I was utilizing the Fibonacci levels um, off of the recent drawdown and then this this bounce that started last October. Um, but yeah, 414, lots of rejections there or probably, you know, more is, you know, I let a little bit of slack above that line, which probably gets to that 418 level you've got. Um, and, you know, just jumping over to the chart I posted, I've, I noted this this uptrend with that green line uh, drawn in and we were bouncing right off of it again. We had a period of time there in March, April, where we fell well below, but recovered nicely and we're back above the 50 day moving average, as you noted. Um, so I think all of that's pretty constructive. I like the consolidation. I want to see it continue to kind of move up this trend line. That'd be really nice. Yeah, Got to get above. The and as long as we keep getting the, you know, the positive data or at least the semi-positive data, and we keep about the trend line and just kind of get 
going up slowly, um, but that's, that's good for the market, in my opinion. It's nice to get CPI and PPI data all behind us. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't think there's anything big this week that should, as far as announcements, no, I hear something from the Fed. The only notes I've got <laughs> is uh, retail sales on Tuesday, which does tend to move it, but not a lot. Um, and then tomorrow we've got four Fed speakers, just various points throughout the day. So you can see a little bit of chop and changing in the intraday side of things. But apart from that, that's all I can see this week, really. Okay, were you going to jump in there? Yeah, so just on the option side, if you're looking at uh, five days out, because with SPY and QQQ, you can trade pretty much every day on options, but I'm looking at, let's say, five days out. Uh, the two price points on the put side is 407, 4075, which is near to the 30 delta. So you have about 20,000 and 11,000 open interest on the put side. And if you're looking at the 30 delta on the call side, I would say you are closer to 414, 415, which has about 35,000 and 18,000 open interest contracts. So uh, pretty even, I would say, on both sides. Nice. All right. More, more sideways action, potentially, just looking at the options numbers. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got the queues up next. And um, I, I'm, I actually did a side-by-side -side comparison um, with the QQQ and IWM. And the reason I did this is I, I'd been hearing some talk and take, I took a look at the charts myself. And where we got an actual bounce um, to the upside in the queues back in March, um, right off the 50-day moving average, it's the chart on the left here. Uh, if you're looking at the what's posted in the nest and the side-by-side, -side, the 50-day moving average, you know, dropped below it intraday, but closed back above. And then we continue to power higher and get to where we're at now. It just looks really strong for big tech. And conversely, the exact same time, you know, I, I, I circled here um, the exact same time frame in March where IWM, which is a small caps, and it broke through the 50-day and then just continued to drop, right, all the way down through 175, 170. And now it's kind of bouncing off of 170 repeatedly, but just a completely opposite chart where – you know, people are leaving this risk, perceived riskier assets of these smaller tech or smaller cap stocks, which I think is a, a comment on potential perception of the economy. And then, you know, going to where they would see uh, as perceived, you know, lower risk in these big tech names that are now, you know, have really high valuations. So uh, something to watch and maybe just kind of word of caution, I guess, uh, given these, how this is run up. Yeah, I think that's related to the kind of recession we fears, isn't it? When people like big companies have big amounts of cash pools and obviously smaller companies don't, so therefore they don't survive recessions generally in the long term. So it could be a bit of um flight to safety type mentality. Yeah, so I'm seeing. Yeah. Okay, were you did you have anything else to add for the options side, Kay? Um, option sides are pretty similar uh, to the spy side, still a little bullish on the call side, but there's an interesting uh, news that may move the QQQ. So on May 17th, we have uh, Artificial Intelligence Expo and a couple companies that are notable companies, Ford, J&J, Pepsi, Visa are the speakers in there. Now, None of these companies are actually uh, are market leaders, at least you know in the AI space, but it will be interesting to see how they 
adopt AI within their you know products and services, and uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting. So if any positive momentum or positive news comes out from the from that expo, I think you could you could see a a, a good day for uh, a lot of these um, tech companies. Yeah, especially if they're naming names, right? Dropping names. We're working with you know X Y Z tech company. Um, or we're we're really excited about this technology, which happens to be what you know Nvidia specializes in, or what have you, stuff like that. Exactly, Nvidia, AMD. You could look at your uh, on semiconductor, the ETF, uh, QQQs. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Sean, what do you have with your chart here? And I, I, I noticed a nice trend line. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so this one, I, I've, I've kept this range and I'm, I'm just kind of really enjoying looking at it if, um, on more on a superficial level, really. But we, you can see a nice little, not perfect bounce off the, the last, well, literally Friday. Um, but this, ultimately, I'm looking at this wedge. So the, the top line of the wedge is at 333 level. And then you've got that kind of um, ascending trend line kind of coming up from just at the turn of the year on 2022, 2023. Uh, coming up to kind of roughly where we are now and for me that's a sending triangle i think that's what they call it and um, there's too many of them there's too many too many patterns but that's to me what it looks like so that's what i want to call it so yeah if we can break through that free 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 then we're on for uh, a winner i think because that's been a major resistance in the past um, but likewise if we break that trend line down then uh, at the same time we'll probably break the 50 moving average as well so that could be potentially quite quite rough but we, we, we shall see yeah, I like that 310 support level because of the 50-day moving average there. It's a little bit above it. And, you know, the 310 level that you've marked, I agree. I totally agree. That seems like a pretty decent support line. A break below that would definitely be concerning Absolutely. in my mind. Absolutely, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, I'll hand it over to you, sir. You've got Tesla up next. Yep, so in my set today, we've got Tesla, Neo, Palantir, and uh, Sonos, um, which we'll get to later on, of course. And so first off, we've got Tesla, and we have got, I kind of kept the chart fairly similar. I added another line in there at 110, which uh, might scare some of you, but you never know. But we've had a bit of a, a rough week, really. It's kind of been a bit choppy, as you can see, and then a big kind of jump up on Friday on the open, and um, a big drawdown, basically, creating a bearish engulfing candle, which just means that the red one is a lot bigger than the green one before, but it kind of encases the whole candle, if that makes sense. Hard to explain through words, but you can kind of see it's a big red candle. That's what I'm getting at here. <laughs> so if we can, you know, we've bounced off that kind of 50 moving average, which is the blue line at that 179 level, which has proved quite a good support slash resistance in the last, or you can see on, on the screen there. Um, so if we can continue that move downwards, I'd be looking for you know, a rough uh, estimate of around 150. That's a kind of psychological level. And also that box I've drawn there is just a gap-filling potential for, for the future. Now, obviously, I remember you saying last week that you may may have already filled the gap in you know, inverted commas, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, if we can bounce off this 20 moving average and move upwards, then fantastic. But for me, I see more downside for Tesla, just because the news is not great at the moment for them. Um, but who knows, maybe this AI thing will help coming up i wonder if the news with the the new ceo for twitter being announced will be a positive catalyst um given that you know the idea is elon will be now focused on tesla more yeah do you know what i've actually got that down here as a note and i completely moved straight past that but yeah i've got my, my <laughs> stepping back from twitter 
um, which will probably help the, the future of Tesla because it'd be more focused on it. Hopefully you can innovate a little yeah. bit more because I, I said it last week, they're not really innovating that much, um, at least from my opinion. But yeah, we'll see in, in the coming months whether you can turn it around. Nice. And on the option side for the next... Oh, we lose you, Kay? Delta. Uh, on the put side, you have about 30, uh, 35,000 contracts, open interest. And you, on the call side, you're looking at about 172.5, which is 23,000 uh, open interest. So pretty tight, but I, I do agree with that. The, the latest news with the new CEO announcement, I think that would, unless there is a major downside news, I think Tesla might even, you know, hit 180 this week. Who knows? Yeah, that's right where that 50-day moving average you've got there, Sean. Uh, slides in at that same 179 uh, level. I like that target, Kay. And, you know, honestly, uh, uh, at least for, from my trade perspective, I have a call. Uh, my covered calls are at 250 and my cash secured puts at 150. So the longer it, it trades in that range, I'm happy. You know, uh, I, I'm making money on both sides and I can, you know, close one as soon as the it expires in the next month or so. It's always good to make money on both sides. Isn't it? <laughs> good place to be. Right, yeah, if we, if we move on to, to Neo, same sort of sector, obviously in China, um, Chinese-based uh, EV company. Um, but this chart, we've got a little bit of a, again, a tough week, um, interesting, just kind of based on the sideways action. But on Friday, we saw a very concerning candle, and it's just a bounce off the 20 moving average. You can see that, you can see that basically moving down. Um, but the thing I'm looking for here is setting a, a higher low, as you can see I've written on the screen there, with a little pink line. Um, but we can see in, in, in the beginning of May, we, that's kind of the, the recent low. So as long as it sets a higher low than that, then that to me is a higher low. It's not necessarily have to be by that pink line. Um, but I would be looking for a, a higher low being set in, in the next few days, and hopefully we can make a move up. But unfortunately, I don't see many catalysts. Um, but as I look back at the news reports from, the, from this week, not a lot really coming out. They did release their earnings are coming out on the 9th of uh, June before hours, which is a Friday. Um, but again, with the recent deliveries, et cetera, I'm not too sure if that's going to be a positive earnings report, but you never know. Um, they've, they've had a history of sandbagging slightly before, but yeah, um, that's what I see on the chart. You know, it's a little bit hopeful, but hopefully we can set a higher low. Yeah, I got to hold that $8 level. I would really like to, to see it get back, but is that 805? Yeah. Yeah. It's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We shall see. Absolutely. Any options? Yeah, okay. yeah, you have 40,000 open interest at 7.5 on the put side. So a lot of uh, downward pressure. Yeah. Right at that 750 level too. The tricky times of Neo at the moment. Um, I, I still believe in the long-term prospects of this company, but the short term is just a little bit cloudy, in my opinion. Are you looking for it to basically, um, not that you're predicting it, but what you're you're looking at and looking for is, I'd imagine, a consolidation here at eight and uh, kind of like a, a rounding bottom pattern forming, forming so that you can get that momentum back back up towards, you know, nine, ten, ten dollars again? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. effectively... Yeah, uh, just a little bit more belief in the stock. A lot of investors kind of losing a little bit of belief, but I'm not too sure why that is because the company is still growing, still building, and I mean, they're, they're opening neo houses left, right, and center. 
um, more battery substations, etc. But I just think the, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a depressed stock at the moment. But I'm sure that will turn around, obviously, with the deliveries coming through, the new batteries, the new updates, the new models, etc. So there's a lot to going for it, you know, unlike other EV companies, potentially. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, well, you know, that's a, that's a great point, actually. You know, I see a lot of your posts where you've got great numbers coming from Neo. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're largely positive, right? And I don't see a lot of negative news or big misses, at least not that I can think of, where a company like Lucid, for example, is, is really having a hard time and just a lot of negative headlines despite the investors and interest there. Absolutely. And that's, uh, we'll see in the next coming months whether they can turn that around. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But on the other hand, the next stock we've got up is Palantir. Now, they had a very good week. Um, uh, so let's, let's jump over to that chart, shall we? So we've got it at the current price of 9.50. We had a little bounce off of the uh, 10.23. I've written that down in, in a green line. Um, that's partially because I exited a trade there. I just got very lucky with that, to be fair. Um, but that's the level of support uh, level I got and exited then. Um, I still got a little position within it um, personally on, on the trade side of things. Obviously, I've still got my long-term position. But yeah, they posted great numbers. The earnings beat. Get profitable, get net profitable, and you know they reduced their stock based compensation. Um, and they've been talking about their new AI product, which is obviously trending at the moment. AI is the big word, the big product, so they're really pushing that. Um, and, and rightly so, you know, why not? That's where the news is going these days, so keep pushing the AI product. But the short term price target for me would be kind of pushing above that 10. Um, so we can see that red line coming down at the top there. That's kind of a long-term trend line that I've drawn on the weekly. So if we can stay above that, that would be fantastic. If not, a nice little hold at the $9 level would be fantastic because that is a very solid you know, support and resistance in my opinion. But if you have any thoughts on this chart, Nate? Yeah, honestly, I would. if I were trading in a super short term, I'd probably trade the pullback um, to that 9 level. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I get so aggressive to pull back to the gap fill just because of how good the, the report was. And then who knows? What about on the 17th here? You get some company. I mean, I, I can't recall the Palantir's, uh, you know, who their customers are and who they do business with. But, yeah, you get an expo like this and drop a name like Palantir, that would be fantastic. I'd vote for that. There's no reason why that yeah, can't happen. Yeah, most of their customers are the government, uh, um, you know, government organizations, especially larger yeah. companies. You know, you won't have like mid, small and mid-sized businesses, mostly large companies. You mentioned like, did you say Visa is going to be? That's where I was wondering. Yes. So, yes, Visa is uh, uh, going to talk uh, on the AI Expo. You have uh, Pepsi, you have J&J and Ford. Oh, and that's it. There's no others. What you uh, they, 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 they might be others, but these were four notable mentions. Gotcha. Because gotcha. none of these four were talking about AI. And, and I'm not sure where J&J is coming from in AI perspective. I know Pepsi and Coke, they recently, you know, tweeted that they are getting into the AI hype. Um, Visa, I can understand uh, since it's yeah. a payment processing system. Um, and Ford, I can understand. It's a, it's a, you know, kind of they're building their EVs, EV cars, but J and J and Pepsi will be interesting to see how they adopt AI. Yeah, completely. Not to derail the Palantir conversation here, Sean. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would say in the short term, I would be playing maybe a little bit of downside, but um, I, I'm with you. I like that nine dollar level. If it can hold up, that would be largely positive. And yeah, that'd be, I'd, I'd be watching that for this week. Yeah, all eyes on the nine dollar level. Fantastic. Cool. So we'll move on to my last chart in this set, 
and that is Sonos, which had the complete opposite effect this week. And they had, you know, pretty shocking earnings. Um, but they technically beat, I suppose, but the guidance wasn't great um, from what I've read. Uh, so, yeah, the, the price action was pretty much minus 25%. I mean, don't like to see that in any stock because um, it sends it in a bit of a spiral downwards. Um, and you can see by the amount of lines I've drawn on here, I've tried to find different levels. Um, there's probably too many lines for my liking, but they, they all meet. They all, you know, they all match certain points of the chart and they all kind of make sense. So I'm just going to keep them on there for now. Um, but obviously, we've had the major break of the trend line. As you can see that we're going straight through this, the, the screen um, and we're all the way down to 15.60. Now, we could have already potentially broken that $16 level, which looked to be fairly solid in the turn of the year. Um, but, you know, potentially moving down to that $15 mark, but that would be where I would be looking to maybe, you know, start a position, for example. You know, this is not financial advice, of course, but just hypothetically, I might be looking to start a position there. And then add at 14 and kind of right up in there with a nice tight stop loss. Um, but yeah, in the short term, it doesn't look great for me. I don't know if you have any experience looking at these types of charts, mate. You've been trading way more than me. Um, but yeah, maybe, you know, nice little reversal, maybe. <laughs> or is that too hopeful? Yeah, this is tough. These are, these are tough spots, especially after such a good looking chart. Um, yeah. You know, nice gradual up, respecting the trend line, and then you just get a bad piece of news and uh send it send it reeling but I, you know if it can hold 16 here and hold a higher low than it previously got previously gotten to you know that that's certainly positive and constructive and you know there's been a lot of you see the big volume spikes in in buying previously um so there's people you know there's money involved here that does you know are going to be around the break even level uh, at these levels and it gets much lower though that could be um concerning but yeah that's, these are ones where you just have to kind of wait and see what happens, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the, the levels I've drawn there, they're just kind of one of those that we're going to be looking at. And if it kind of bounces around the levels, then I'll have to you know, reconsider and do a bit more research and that kind of thing if I'm am going to enter a trade. But yeah, one to watch, I, I think, just because I've been watching it for so long now, um, it just makes sense to keep an eye on because you kind of get used to stocks, don't you? So. Yeah, no, and I, I do like how constructive it's been for so long. So, you know, if that, if that's all based on, you know, solid fundamentals and this is one of those potential, you know, uh, blips on the radar, then it could recover pretty quickly. And that could be interesting. I, I think that would be a riskier trade. But if you're accumulating for the long term and, and you believe in the in the company, then, you know, this might be one of those opportunities. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely worth watching, keeping it on the radar. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that concludes my set, really. I don't know if you have any uh, the options data on that, Kate, just before we, we jump over to Nate's set. Yeah, it, this is not a very liquid uh, kind of a uh, stock. So even if you are, tr the options are like, you know, two, three weeks out, months out. So they don't have that many expiration, not that many open interest either. Okay. Compared to some of your other ones like Neo and Palantir, which are retail favorites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, of course. No, that's that concludes my set. Um, thank you very much, obviously, for, for watching. Also, you can follow me, Nate and Kay, obviously, on Twitter. We post daily trading stuff. So, yeah. Follow us all and we'll be back Sunday. So I'm going to hand it over to Nate now. Thanks, John. And um, yeah, I, I posted, it looks like, if you're following along in the Twitter nest, I, I doubled up on the QQQ IWM. So I'm going to skip right past that and go to NVIDIA. We already talked about those charts. Um, also, if you have requests or questions, uh, drop us a message or in the bottom right, you get the comment bubble, drop us comments. I'll, I'll admit a lot of time in these spaces, they don't come through 
in a timely fashion. So if they don't come through um, and we don't catch it, we will try to circle back to it right after the show. Um, so anyways, uh, take a look at NVIDIA next. Uh, we've been trading in this nice range between 265 and 282 and recently broke out. And I was hoping to see a higher high. And we got that actually on uh, Monday last week. So it did sell off for the rest of the week. It looks like we're coming back towards the 20-day moving average and back into uh, that 282 level. That was the prior range and prior resistance. So I'm looking for that to hold up as support here. And that would create, you know, another level to move up and, uh, you know, a level, another level of support. So 282 is key in my mind, 282.19, a little bit more specific. Um, you know, RSI and MACD have rolled over a little bit here. And that's that makes sense given the selling from Tuesday through the end of the week, Friday. Uh, but again, we've got the 20 day that's been holding up, 20 day moving average holding up kind of nicely. Made another high at 292.20. So that's my target to the upside. Like to see that broken to make another high and 282 to hold. And then I'd be targeting 297.50 above that and 300 above that. Um, so you get the 50 day moving average coming in below as well for support. I think I tackled everything on this chart. Did I leave anything open for you, Sean? Uh, just a little earnings call on, on the 24th of May, so a week and a half or so. So that could be a potential catalyst for the stock moving in the short term. Sure, all eyes will be on earnings. And I imagine that there's going to be a lot of trading around that too. Yeah, and obviously there's lots of talk about the AI side of things as well. It might, might play, come into play. A lot of bullish uh, data on the call side, Nate. Uh, you're looking at uh, over 15,000 open interest at 290, and then at 295 is over 10,000, and 300 is like 17,000 open interest. Whereas on the other side, on the put side, you are like 2,000, 5,000, 6,000 contracts. So a lot more open interest on the bulls uh, on it's the like call 5X. side. Yeah, it's a huge skew. It's interesting. Do you trade that one way or another, Kay? Do you lean? No, I, I am still holding my stocks. I have not sold them. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like it. All right. So I think that's it for NVIDIA. Let's move, keep it moving. So you mentioned, um, you know, trading both the upside and downside with Tesla, Kay. You got your you got the cash secured puts. I think it was Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Tesla uh, for CSP and covered call is 250. That's when they ran, I think, closer to 300. Sorry, right. closer to the yeah, yeah, exactly. So sorry, too close to two hundred. That's when I sold the two fifty, got a nice premium on that, uh, and then when they were going down, I opened a one fifty, um, and right now, as long as it trades in that range, I think um, you know both co both contracts will expire worthless, and that's that's the goal. Right. So I'm doing the same thing with Marathon Digital Holdings. So ticker M A R A. That's the next chart I've got here, and. Uh, similar thoughts, right? So we we got back down to this 850 uh, support level and uh, bounced off of that. I actually was surprised we got all the way back down there, but, you know, touched the 50-day uh, moving average. And in this 850 to $9 level, I've been calling out as a nice buy zone uh, for, for Marathon. And, you know, accumulating shares and then selling when the shares had moved up towards about $10, $11, actually selling covered calls at the $11 strike. Um, we did get the big pop all the way up to about 13 recently, um, but that was very short lived. And, you know, selling the $11 strike has, has been pretty lucrative. It's given you nice premiums if you go out just a couple of weeks. And then on the flip side, uh, the cash secured puts at the 850 level, I like because I do not mind buying at 850 at all here. 
as long as this uh, this is holding up and this, you know, uh, we can be moving sideways a little bit between 850 and 11, but that's a wide range to trade and uh, a nice trade too, if you can get at the lows and, and sell at the highs. So this one I've liked quite a bit. We've got the 50 day moving average crossing above the 150 day there, which I highlighted as well. So positive, you know, for the intermediate to medium term and the overall Basically, my favorite trade right now is MARA, this ticker here. Hey, Nate, question on this one. I, I so, Sorry to jump in a little bit. So on the 8.5 eight that you have, is it like is it like a weekly uh, buy zone or is it like more you can looking at 10 days or 15 days out? That I like the, options. Yeah, 10 to 15 days. Um, I actually even sold the uh, I went three weeks out when I sold the $11 puts uh, recently just because of the premiums uh, just looked a little bit, a little bit, a little bit better there for me. Um, but yeah, two, three weeks out at the most. Got it. Okay. Thanks. You bet. Sometimes I'll do same week, um, but it has to be pretty nice setup because I'm not one who can spend a lot of time staring at the screen, watching, you know, the trade all day. Um, so I like to get in in the mornings and then maybe have my, you know, an hour and lunch or so. So I, I don't want to have too hefty a swings with just a really short-term uh, dated options, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking to open a couple positions on Mara. So that's why focusing more on this now. Oh, very nice. Inspiration. Oh. Yeah, inspirational. <laughs> I love it. Let me know if I can help with any of it, if you have any questions. And, and you know, you guys, I'm still on ideas from you too. I'm just going to start asking you as well. It's great. Um, so keeping it rolling, DraftKings I've been talking about. Love DraftKings. It is cooling off here, um, which is totally healthy, I think. Uh, we got a rejection right bullet, right around 25, and uh, it's sold off now, closing at, I mean, right to the penny. I have 23.52 at, as a support resistance level and closed at 23.53 on Friday. Um, and, you know, we had this huge gap up off of earnings. I can see us closing that gap or at least coming back down to test the 20-day moving average. So that's what I've noted out here, kind of drawn out. And so far, it's following my trend line, making me look pretty smart. So I'll just hope DraftKings keeps doing that. Um, but that's, you know, my best guess here. Any thoughts on DraftKings, Sean? I know I talk about these guys quite a bit. You do, and, and rightly so. I mean, they've had a quite a move up, haven't they? And, and I think you're, you're on the right lines. Of, you know, it's a bit of a pullback, a bit of a calm down. And perhaps with all of the kind of sport, you know, sport seasons ending, um, well, I don't actually know if they're ending at all, but it sounds like they are. I don't know if that works out in America. Yeah, but awesome, I, I think it kind yeah. of turns people away from the stock just, just naturally, really, just they don't really think of it, do they? Um, but for me, on my, on my chart, I've got 21.54, um, which is kind of sandwiched in between the two lines you've got there, 2017 and 2215. Um, that's just probably because of the, the kind of high reset. Is that February you've got at the beginning there? Um, 20th of February. Oh, right. Yeah, that's the kind yep. of level I've got. So if it was to break that 20 moving average, even just briefly, that's the kind of point I'd be looking for it to bounce um, personally. But yeah, I think a nice little retracement back down to the 20. Um, and if it does break that down to the 50, it's just as healthy as long as it stays above those two. Um, I'm, I'm bullish for this stock in the future. Yeah, I mean, that's a nice accumulation area. If you if you go down to about the 19, I guess $20 level, um, not 19, excuse me, but the $20 level where the 50-day moving average is. Yeah. And anywhere between that 20 and really that 22 level, be really nice to accumulate and then try to target getting back up to 25. Absolutely, I like that a lot. All right, before I jump forward, can anything else to add with DraftKings? Not much on the option side, Ned. 
It's a pretty, the yields are uh, not that great on this one. You know what? That's what happens after earnings and after all the, you know, the Super Bowl and March Madness, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, it's, that's what happens. All right. So uh, I got First Solar up next. First Solar had big news and just a crazy stock. Crazy, I mean, crazy chart, I should say. Um, and I just really love the way it looks. Another one I talk about frequently. Um, and what happened recently was, you know, I had a not great earnings report and sold off and filled this gap all the way back down to the 150-day moving average and bounced. And it caught my eye when it bounced there. Um, but given that recent selling, and then we just got back up to about 180, um, where, which is where um, we, we had potential resistance, I wasn't too, too in love with getting in, although in hindsight, definitely should have taken at least a small position um, because it had news of acquiring another company. And on that acquisition news, gapped up massively and then just took off breaking back through 200 to 1750, which were the levels I had noted. And now we're, we close at 231.69. So not sure if it's going to continue its run or cool back off, but if it did cool off to that 217.50 level, um, that might be yet another opportunity, another shelf could form. Um, just really interesting. I think 200 is going to prove to be uh, a, a nice level where the 200 day or the 20 days coming in as well. But just a nice move up and a crazy chart here. Yeah, massive move. I think for stocks like this, they scare me a bit, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, a big move up, and then you just don't know what it's going to do next, do you? So it's kind of one of those things you just have to watch for, for a week or so, maybe even longer, uh, two, three weeks. And, but like you said, yeah, that 200 level is one I'd be looking out for, the 217.50. Uh, no, sorry, I'd be looking at the 217.50 first, and then the 200 level. But the 200 looks a little bit more solid. Um, and then, sure. like you said, the moving average is coming up behind that, then who knows? But again, stops like this scare me. It could go to 250, 260 tomorrow, um, in which case we'd have to reassess and, you know, go, go again. But yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm thinking on, on this chart. If it goes to 250, 260, it's going to, I'm going to file it underneath another one of those stocks that I watched and told everybody how great it was <laughs> and, and never bought in and, oh, and missed it. We've got so, loads of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that, that, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time. That's funny. All right. Um, well, yeah, that's all the charts I had this week. I'm going to kick it over to UK for the next set of charts and, um, yeah, I mean, this is this has been an interesting round already. What do you got? Well, you know what? Uh, interestingly, a couple of your stocks had these big gap ups. So we'll start off with Google. That was a massive gap up. We have been looking at $108 resistance for a while now, right? That was uh, almost since February of this year, we have had that $108 respected. Major news on Google side, um, you know, they had this major conference on uh, the AI, the BART, uh, and then the stock just took off since Wednesday. And as you can see, we had these, so this is a weekly cat, weekly chart that I'm showing on the Twitter, but on the daily chart, we had these three massive big candles going up and breaking the $108 resistance. And uh, the 50-day the DMA has crossed the 200-day DMA. It's again, a bullish sign. We talked about that last week as well. The volume was massively up on both 10th, 11th, and 12th because of the whole event. 
the RSI is right now a little overheated around 74. So we'll see how much more um, uh, Google has before it cools off. Uh, both the put to call is 0.77. So very bullish on that front. And then if you plan to trade uh, options on a weekly basis, you're looking at, um, you know, 105 put, uh, almost 31,000 contracts are open on that. But the delta is only 2%. So most likely that is not going to happen. So it's very hard to get the stock back from that level 205. So I don't know how much that will play in the role. But in the call side, they are targeting on now 120 at 16,000 contracts for next week. So what am I looking at? I'm looking at uh, Google now kind of finding that support because right now between 122 and this $100 level, this is a big gap which we haven't seen any, we haven't seen before. So we'll need to see some kind of a level that uh, Google either finds back at 108 or, you know, breaks through the 122, which will be kind of difficult unless we see a massive move in the, you know, the broader market. And, and, and then it will be history from there onwards. What do you guys think about this chart? I think for me personally, I'd be good to kind of consolidate from, from where we are now. It's a big new support, uh, big, big releases, which I think is great for the company. But I think a nice little calm down, a bit of consolidation. We can see it a little bit in the chart you've got there, kind of May, July of last year. We kind of consolidated around that, consolidated around that range. So if we can do the same sort of thing there, create a new base, let the moving averages come up um, and, and then go from there. Yeah, I like that we dumped all this great news out, or you know, Google dumped all this great news out, had a nice run, but there's still room to move, right? And um, but I agree with Sean. I think some consolidation here makes sense. But the targeting 120, I think you said for the yeah. the call options, yeah, yeah. that that looks good with that 122 level being really where they're aiming to get to. I mean, this has been a nice run, so um, consolidation makes probably makes more sense if we did get a run quickly up to that 122 i'd look for it to cool off you know i don't know that it just i mean it could obviously could do anything but that's a big company to have such a huge move in short short amount of time exactly i mean a trillion dollar company you know generally you don't see stock moving you know and it's not tesla tesla is a stock that can move 10 15 20 dollars in a day which is kind of expected, but you don't expect Apple, Google, Microsoft to move right. twenty, thirty dollars. That 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 kind of scares, uh, you know, at least me when you have those massive moves for these companies. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to the next stock, which also had a massive move, and this is PayPal. Now PayPal uh, reported earnings uh, last week. And the stock sank 10% post earnings. Why? Well, uh, on the call, the management, um, you know, the guidance for H2, which was the operating margin, was supposed to be lower than the first half. And on top of that, as soon as that news got announced, Credit Suisse went ahead and downgraded the stock. And it was a massive drop, as you can see on the chart. So currently, the current price of PayPal you can go all the way back to November 2017. So it's trading at that level. Um, the volume was generally around the you know 10, 10 million. It rose up to 68 on that day. So very heavy selling pressure on that. RSI is 29, so kind of in the oversold territory just below. Um, I looked at a couple of uh, chart patterns, and one of the chart patterns that really popped up was the 
three black crows. So I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it, but I'm going to do a little bit more detailed deep dive on the this particular chart pattern. Uh, but basically, we can see that the stock has continued to make the lower highs since August of 2022. So that is the first yellow uh, box that you see that's around the August 2020 and since we have seen these lower highs as we go through it uh, what should we look for I think uh, I drew this trend line and I would like to see if we actually hit that trend line or we actually go back up and find the support at 68 that will be interesting and uh, that's what I'm seeing and on the on the call and put side I think the call side is getting a little bit more bullish because the stock has you know gapped down so much so you might see bulls you know stepping in to kind of buy and reclaim that 68 dollar uh support um but what do you guys see you know this this three four big candles who have you guys seen similar chart patterns yeah that's that's rough i mean when you do get that many days in a row selling off you can't expect a, a not expect but you can look for a, a re, you know a change I think five to six candles in a row is is typically what you'll see as a major sell-off. But then after that, you'll get a little bit of buyers coming in. You know, we'll be hitting support levels and interest levels. And, you know, folks start stepping in and we'll get a little bit of support. But, I mean, it's definitely not looking great. I mean, you could see that back, for example, in November of last year when that high hit the the moving average. And was another lower high and then sold off. There's a couple of spots in there where it kind of caught a break, but then every time, you know, after it would sell three, four, five candles off, but then it just kind of continued the pattern. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know that I would expect anything different unless the chart started showing something different. But this, this one's this is tough, Kay. What, what brought PayPal to your attention exactly? So because PayPal is also on one of my watch list. And when they had this big sink, I was like, let me take a look at it. And I was yeah. like, is is it something that now can you can you trade in this one? Now I want to be very careful getting in there, but as you're right, as I look at as I count the number of red bars, you're looking at almost seven, eight um red bars before it turns around for one or two. So now we have only seen four days of sell-off. We could see and we could actually, you know, get down to that trend line, you know, even, um, you know, as it, it drops down. But what, what, what is your opinion on this one, uh, Sean? What do, how do you see this? So for this one, for me, related to RSI, really, I just want to make a little bit of a point. Um, so obviously we can see it's around 30 now. And obviously, like you say, a nice little move down to that trend line, you know, it's, it's purely possible. Um, but then if we start consolidating, the RSI will start to relax and it will start to come up and then maybe come up to kind of 50 level, and then it could actually make another move down. So just a kind of trading warning for anyone kind of listening, uh, don't you know solely believe in one indicator, obviously this, this time it's been the RSI. Um, but the, for me personally, in the short term, a nice move back up to the 6J would be good. I, I, you know, it would be the trading opportunity for me, but I would have to see a fairly good support off of that trend line first. Yeah, I would say the positive note here, Kay, is if it did get back above and hold that 68 level, to your point on a near-term trade, that that would be interesting, right? You could, if it moved up from there, you could trade off of that level pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, that's why I'm watching this very carefully to see if I can actually get in. Uh, but it's it's looking a little risky 
now since you brought up the the bars before that i didn't i didn't see that actually earlier so yeah this is <laughs> i have to watch this a little bit more carefully well i don't it's my one so Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on to uh one of the most common ones that we discuss every week, it is Apple. Now, Apple, we talked about Apple, it has been on uptrend, it continues to make higher highs. However, the last day of the trading, it ended with an indecision, right? You see this big red doji candle with, you know, very long legged on both sides. That generally denotes that market is indecisive where it should go. Now, we understand why, because 175 is a resistance from last August and 181 is your resistance all-time high. So at this point in time, neither the market is too bearish nor too bullish. We are somewhere in the middle. Earning is over, so there is really no more catalyst coming in. The other catalyst that I think will come on will be around June, and most likely Fed will say, and we are going to pause, we are not going to raise any interest rate, that may push the stock higher. But at this point of time, again, as, as I reiterated last week, the risk to reward ratio, it's very careful. You don't, you, the upside potential versus downside, the upside, I don't see much upside versus I do see downside potential here. Um, looking at the put to call, we have 1.04, which is more bearish, which makes kind of sense here since it's almost at its all-time high. And for the for the option side, you're looking at 31,000 put options at 170 and 47,000 call options at 175. Um, and these are just less than 30 delta, right around the 30 delta, which most likely ends up happening. So yeah, this is a, this is a tricky one. I generally tend to stay away from stocks, uh, at least, Stay away from the trade, I would say, not the stock. But what do you guys think on this one? So what I, I like to see on, on this one, I, I can see your Fib level here and, and the 23.6% line, which is sitting at $163 mark, is kind of coming in conjunction with that 50 moving average coming up the purple line. Um, that, to me, would be a nice support level or like a solid base if it was to make a move down. Um, so that's what I'd be looking at, just that, that level there. Yeah, and if it does get moving, K, and it gets above that 178 level, or what is that, 175 level, excuse me? Yeah. Then I would look for it to check back uh, for a quick retest before moving higher again. But I think if it did break above that, and we you could get in if it did move nice and orderly like that with that retest, that, that would be interesting. I like um, new highs breaking to you know continue to do that over the next several days for a short-term trade. Um, but it would have to be convincing on good volume. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I always tend to get a little bit more, you know, careful when we are always hitting that uh, all-time high. And if there is no really no real catalyst, because the only catalyst that I can think of for Apple is their developer conference, which is I think in June. If they announce AR VR headsets or any new product announcement, that could decide whether the stock moves up or down. I think that's what I will be watching for Apple. So we've got... All right. So just yeah. button there, June 5th is the developer conference for Apple. Perfect. Yeah. So that's the date uh, we should watch carefully. All right. Moving on to SoFi. Uh, I don't know what to say about this one. No, um, 
we we saw the big, it's, it's it's like the palantir and neo kind of a story for so far yeah. right now um at least what i can see that uh, we we talked about the additional support at 480 which makes sense nate so i did draw that out this time just to keep in uh, so that it, it, i i remember that um uh, and i feel like this will continue to trade sideways you know it dipped below that uh 518 uh, you know and then the bulls you know came in they pushed the stock back up then again we had two days of downward trend uh the 50 day moving average is now almost touching the 200 day moving average and, and it's it's on the downward trend so it looks like a death cross i would say um if this crosses yeah right Not good. Not good. Not good. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the options data suggests otherwise. And and I kind of want to stay away from options data because this is a very um, uh, retail favorite stock. So what ends up happening is a lot of retailers will just put know, call right? options. Yeah, they'll just put more call options. They everything looks bullish, but the chart is not showing any bullish sign here. Honestly. Yeah, you know, I'm I've been trading this one, Kay, and uh um and I've had some success with it, but until this last week I had you know, I had to cut for some small losses. But the way I've been doing it, be curious what your thoughts are is and you know, I I've, I've done two different trades. One, accumulating shares here below $5 um in the 450 to 5 range, but then also um just utilizing in the money call options. So I'll buy the I was actually I owned the $4 call options for a while there because really if you um if you watch the stock price move and you own 100 shares right if you're going to buy 100 shares anyways um the the same dollar loss that you would get or dollar gains you would get um from owning the shares you would you can get with that that $4 strike price I don't recall the exact delta um but yeah anyways so it it allowed me to get out with a minimal loss and you know I'm only risking about a third of the total amount I would have to if I if I put out the um the money for the shares so that's how I've been trading it I'll probably get back in if it can show some strength here and hold up at that 480 you know and and hold up at even even 5 would be nice to see it but um yeah <laughs> it's been tricky and tough you know another bit of positive news though is the ceo if i'm not mistaken keeps buying on these lows which is yeah he did he he yeah. he did actually he did, right? he bought, yeah he bought he had two uh buys last week yeah so i'm saying you know that's very positive i love the you know eating your own cooking so <laughs> i you know i i think from from a long term perspective i think i i really am very confident with this company but i think when we talk about we're talking about week to week trading or maybe sure. two weeks out trading i think that's why we are a little bit more worried i'm not worried about most of the stocks that we talk about because from long term perspective buy and hold or dollar cost average you know you'll do well with those names but if you're trading on a week to week basis that's what we are here and that's why we discuss our concerns again uh, not a financial advice uh, make sure you do your own due diligence But uh, yeah, I mean, this is what SoFi looks like at least right now. So I do, I do have a, a slightly more bullish look from a technical view. I mean, it is zooming out slightly. Um, but I've just drawn a little, a little line on my chart, and you can see on the turn of the year, pretty much exactly, we set a low there. Um, and obviously, with the recent earnings report that's come out um, a couple of weeks ago, or there thereabouts, we've set a higher low. 
So if we can maintain that moving forward, I know there's a lot of choppy activity at the moment and in the next couple of weeks doesn't look you know, particularly wonderful. But if we can maintain that level of positivity and hopefully consolidate them, you know, staying above that line would be a good start. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, that, that accumulation zone of 518 that I have had, I mean, if it can continue trading that way, I think uh, sideways, I think most of the options are you know still doing decent returns. Awesome. Okay. All right. And the last talk on this is Shopify, which we discussed last week as well. Shopify, last week we thought that Shopify would somewhere, you know, would it hit the... $48 mark, sorry, $54 mark, but the Shopify ended with $65.54. Massive gap up. Um, we started to see a little bit of a sell-off, so we'll see what to look for. I think I'm looking at a retracement here uh, at the 54 uh, and see if that can actually create its own base before it can uh, long-term, you know, f go for another um, uh, bump up to about $78. That would be the March 2022. Uh, overall, Shopify had a pretty bullish earnings uh, in terms of, and the market really took it nicely when they decided to sell off their uh, the logistics business. And um, that's how actually I'm looking at this one. We actually, I ran a couple of covered calls uh, last week on this one for long-term, and it was a nice premium. Uh, I got, and I and I just hope that it just stays there in this range until my call expires. Yeah, nice. So you, you so on that big pop, you sold the cover calls. That's exactly great. exactly. That's great. <laughs> I can see that trend line that's basically formed all you know since the bottom of the of the chart here. You could see a check all the way back there potentially, right? And then just hold, and that would still be healthy and holding an upwards trend and. Everybody, most everybody would be pretty happy except for those guys that bought in on the pop. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have been holding Shopify for a very, very long time. Um, so my, my cost basis was in the, you know, um, low 40s. So um, I actually ended up selling a covered call at 78. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. I love getting the, the broad range and the nice premiums on these, these growth stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, and then because you had like one, two, three, four, almost five, six days of green candles, the and the and the options premium were massive at that point in time, and I was like, you know, this is the time that you sell covered calls. So I, so my, I always look at if you're opening a cash secured put, make sure the stock is trending downwards or as in red that day. You always the premiums are higher, and uh, and vice versa, right? Green days sell covered calls. You always get a little bit extra premium on those days. Yeah, and on the move, right? If you wait for the reverse, you don't get quite the premium. It, def it deflates quickly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It, it kills that. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's all the charts I have. I think we'll continue to track the, the big indexes, the, sorry, the big stocks that we have. SoFi, Apple, Microsoft, we didn't cover this week, but Google, I think those are the stocks we'll cover. I will bring up Intel back next week. We saw some some big price downwards on Intel, so that will cover next week. But yeah, if you have any more suggestions and you want me to cover any additional stocks, let me know. We'll cover that for next week. And Nate, that's it from my side. Off to you. Nice. Um, one more name I want to mention that uh, I'm going to add a chart in. This is a name I'm going to start following and trading, I think, a little bit more regularly is Robinhood. So Hood... 
uh, reported and they mentioned, I want to know what you guys thought about the 24 seven trading. So they're going to, they mentioned they're going to have round the clock trading Monday through Friday on a select number of names um, like Tesla, Apple, I think were a couple, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm sure it'll be limited. Uh, but what do you have any initial thoughts? I guess I'll go first just to kind of tee it up, which is, I love the idea of being able to trade any hour of the day, not because I want to trade 24 seven, but because, you know, I can, it makes your day a lot more flexible potentially, but I can't imagine the liquidity is going to be there. And I just, I feel like maybe market makers just going to have a heyday and it will be really tough for retail traders. So I'm not sure. I really want it to be something that I can go take advantage of though. So I'll be, I'll be looking into it. So um, I, I think um, two things on Robinhood. First, that Robinhood uh, is a very interesting, you know, stock. It has always been a, a disruptor. So they were the yeah. first one that brought the free trading, no commission, zero dollar commission back in the day when every single brokerage was charging $3, $5 for every transaction. So that's why trading was not for retail investors. You know, you wouldn't want to trade three times a day. You'll end up paying a lot of money. And they've kind of forced um, um, the other brokerages. Now, of course, you know, with the whole AMC, GME fiasco, Robinhood got a lot of, uh, you know, slack. And, you know, they, because of the whole payment of uh, payment of order processing through the, the right. dark pools. Right. Um, interestingly, I think, Nate, you, you hit the nail on the head. We don't know how much liquidity it will have on stocks that are the, the big ones. Uh, because everything will be routed through dark pool. Uh, you know, it's a wait and watch, but I think if the whole market turns around, I think it could also be that they want to compete against crypto because crypto, you can lose money 24 by 7, 365 days a year. Right. Uh, they just want to make sure that you lose money on stocks also 24 by 7, 365 <laughs> days a year. I like your take. <laughs> That's funny. What do you think about it, Sean? Any, any thoughts? So this, the 24/7 so this is actually my first time hearing this. I, I must have missed that for some reason. Um, I don't know if I like it, uh, to be honest with you. I quite like having the weekends off and the evenings off. It gives me time to think, recuperate, plan my trades, etc. I just think that, especially for beginners out there, it might be a bit too, um, I don't know, you know uh, what's the word? Enticing, I guess. It's in, you know, the yep. greed kicks in. I think it could be quite bad for them. Um, so it's, I think it's bad for beginner traders, but for you know long-term traders, you know more experienced traders, maybe it could be good. But like you say, liquidity would be probably quite a, a big issue, especially in the starting periods of it. Um, but I, I don't really like it. I, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't really like it. I love the honesty in the opinions here. It's good stuff. I think that if it were to be, if it would give me flexibility and the liquidity issues weren't there, to where, oh, look, I don't have to worry about trading, you know, this tight windows, you know, around my schedule or what have you. Um, I, w- I would love it. I just don't think that's going to be the way it works out. So I'm a little bit pessimistic, too. But anyways, I thought it was interesting news. Wanted to bring it up. C- certainly on a, should be on every trader's radar to see how that plays out. Because like you said, Kay, they've been disruptors. And uh, who knows what this does? I mean, we could be talking about it now as some sort of weird experiment and in five years, just like we have with you know low fees and everything, all of a sudden everybody's trading 24 hours a day, Monday through Friday. I mean, who knows? It'd be crazy. Exactly. And then, and then we'll have more people losing money on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <blimey. laughs> uh, we'll, 
We'll see how it goes. That's too funny. Hey, guys. Well, appreciate it again. It's been a great week. If you're not following Sean or Kay, definitely check them out here on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, And uh, we'll do this again next Sunday. And uh, if you have any questions again, shoot us a message. Drop us a line. And, uh, yeah, any last words from you, Sean? Um, Yeah, just a little question. I would be be happy to look at charts. I would love to kind of get a different perspective on different charts. Um, because it's always nice to you know, know new stocks, etc. You might pick up a pick up a winner in the future. But generally, just focus on your your patience, your discipline, your execution, confidence, risk management. Um, I mean, I just pretty much read them off a list. Um, but yeah, it's all there, ready for you. So just you know, be careful out there. It's um, still very volatile. Thanks, John. How about you, UK? Any last words? Well, the the last words are, you know, just stay safe, enjoy the process, trading, investing, whatever you do, and uh, just, uh, you know, enjoy the process and keep learning. That's it. Did I lose you, Nate? I think it's gone very quiet. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we lost Nate. <laughs> I did for a second. They booted me right when I was chatting. Oh I don't know God. if I said, we must be at the hour limit. Maybe that's all it is. I don't know. all right right, guys thanks for holding it up again uh, at the end there and uh yeah great charts if you missed it check out the recording i'll be posting uh to my sub stack as well and uh have a great day and a great week trading everybody take care bye-bye